Hey, beautiful lady. Welcome back to our What is Stress series. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about God's creation in your brain. Did you know that when you're stressed, a part of your brain actually turns offline, as in totally losing the ability to function? And it's actually part of God's design. It's part of his creation in your survival mode. And it's the explanation behind why you can't think straight when you're stressed. And it doesn't make you crazy or bad. It makes you human. And while it's part of God's creation, Satan is using it and messing with it to distort your life and wreak havoc in your life. Today, we're going to talk all about the anatomy of the brain from the perspective of stress. If you just got scared about the word anatomy, this is very, very basic. This is like kindergarten version. And I'm going to walk you through a little exercise at the end to help you understand how your stress from the perspective of your brain can start leading to sin and how to use an understanding of your brain and mental health and what Satan is doing in your brain when you're stressed to walk yourself backwards out of that sin into repentance to let Jesus heal you and free you from both the sin as well as some of the stress and the trauma and the mental health dysfunction that led to all of it. Welcome to the Stress Release for Christian Women podcast. My name is Laura, and I am a mental health practitioner, a Christian woman, and a survivor of mental health dysfunctions and disorders on all ends of the stress spectrum. In this podcast, we are going to be talking about stress and mental health from God's perspective, what mental health resources help to turn it all off and how you can find peace in your mind and body, no matter what storm is raging around you. We are gonna be talking about some heavier topics that are not suitable for kids. So if you've got kiddos with you, grab some headphones or save this podcast for later and know that this information is simply here for educational purposes only, not to replace any advice from a trained mental or physical healthcare professional. If you do need resources for that, you can check out my website, which is linked in the show notes below. So settle in, take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, and let's learn, grow, and find peace in your mind and body together. Hey, beautiful lady. Welcome back to our What is Stress series. We took a little bit of a break last week to talk about Israel the war with Hamas, and some of the mental health and Christian resources that you can use right now in this hard time to find peace in your mind and body and stay connected to God through all of it. So if you miss that and you're wanting resources, check that out. In today's episode, we are going to jump back into the series known as What is Stress Really?, which is a nine-part series, nine episodes, all about the science of stress so that you can understand what's happening inside your brain and body when you're not okay, why it's happening, 
silence some of the lies and misperceptions that you're causing it or that you're crazy for having this and also building a foundation to help you enter into the next stage, which is how to get the right help to turn it off. You got to know what the problem is before you can find a solution. So we are building the framework, building the foundation of understanding your stress so that you can get the right help for you. And today we are going to dive into your brain a little bit, just a very, very little bit, kind of a kindergarten level of anatomy on your brain so that you can understand when you're having stress, anxiety, panic, or overwhelm, trauma triggers, or if you do have PTSD or know someone who does that level of trauma when it triggers so that you understand what is happening when that's happening and why. And then as we move into the next episodes, how to turn that off as well. So your brain is responsible for your peace and your stress and your heart is ultimately responsible as a Christian to remain connected to God for your ultimate peace. From a physical and psychological standpoint, just looking at the natural world though, your brain is what is responsible for whether you're at peace or whether you are in chaos, in stress, in anxiety, in trauma. In this episode, we're going to talk about how, and we're going to talk about how to understand God's creation in your anatomy, how to understand how Satan is messing it up. And then at the end, I want to help you understand how your stress from the perspective of your brain is leading you to sin and how to walk yourself through that humbling realization with God. So stay tuned for the whole episode to not only build a foundation of understanding stress and your brain and how it creates all this but also a beautiful spiritual exercise that's actually also a psychological exercise to sit with yourself and God after the stress is over and understand where you might have sinned and begin the repentance journey with God to bring healing and wholeness. So diving into the anatomy of your brain, your brain has three parts. And if you are a visual person and you're already like, oh Lord, I can't do this on an audio in the show notes below, there's a link to the blog version of this podcast and you can look at the graphics there, but I'll describe them for you now too. So your brain has three parts. And if you think of your hand, you have a wrist. If you were to fold your thumb in over the palm of your hand, like you were to say number four and your thumb crosses your palm, your thumb is in the middle. And then if you were to take those four fingers and wrap them down over your thumb to make a fist, this is kind of like your brain. So there's three parts, the part that's the wrist, the parts that that's the thumb and the part that is the four fingers wrapped around it. Your wrist equates to your brainstem, 
which is known as your reptilian brain. This is responsible for your survival, keeping you alive on planet earth until Jesus takes you home. This is where your fight, flight, and freeze responses come from. And this reptilian brain, I know you're not going to love this, but it's no different than a reptile. It is literally just there to keep you alive. So there's a part of your brain that's sole function is to scan your surroundings and determine if you are safe or unsafe. It's not in the reptilian brain, but it speaks to the reptilian brain and gives your reptilian brain, your brainstem, that information. And if it ever detects danger, the brainstem then works with the nervous system to send the signal of danger out to your body and you flip into fight, flight, or freeze. And then when it determines safety, the reverse will happen and you'll come back to the state of rest and digest, which is where peace comes from, physiological and psychological peace. So that's your wrist. It's like at the base of your brain. So if you're thinking of that hand model, this is like your wrist coming down out of the brain and it's going to connect into your spinal cord. And we'll get into this next week, but this is where your nervous system comes in. The second part of your brain is like the thumb that crosses over. It's tiny and it's wrapped up in all those fingers. And this is called your limbic system, which is also known as your mammalian brain. No different than your favorite dog or cat. Mammals also have a reptilian brain as well. They have the reptilian and the mammalian brain, two parts. You get a bonus third part we'll talk about in just a moment. The mammalian brain or limbic system is responsible for emotions, memory, imaginations, dreams, rewards, pleasure and pain, and safety. This is where that part of your brain is scanning for danger or safety at any given moment. It's also where your memory comes from. It's where kids' imagination comes from, creativity, and it's where trauma also lives. Next year, we're going to get into a series all on trauma, and it'll get into a little bit on the limbic system. So we won't go into all of that today, but the mammalian brain, the limbic system is where the brain originally says I'm safe or I'm in danger before communicating to the brain stem, that reptilian brain, not okay, flip us into fight or flight. And it's also where the trauma lives. So this includes stress, post-traumatic stress. This includes the response of anxiety to the world around you. This includes panic and overwhelm. And it's where all those emotions live, that fear, panic, terror, overwhelm, that create the response that is that anxiousness you feel, that trigger you feel. Or if the world around you is dangerous, physically or mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, this is where it's going to start having that reaction to the world around you. So the limbic system allows you to bond and commune with other people. 
So when we look at being made in the image of God, we commune and bond with other people and it comes out of this part of our brains. It's where relationships, love, and connection to both people and to God happen, which is really beautiful. This is also, as I said, where pain lives. So when relationships get broken, when sin enters and hurt enters, this is where the trauma lives. So where the relationship can be beautiful coming out of this part of your brain, the pain and the fear and the avoidance and the triggers and all the mess that is trauma comes out of here as well. So this is where your joy can live as you can allow God to prove his victories over your life. Like when there's pain and there's trauma, there can be healing and there can be joy and there can be a realization that that happened in the past and yet God is bigger. This is where we get into like stones of remembrance with Joshua, where we know that God has been victorious over our lives and he is bigger than everything and he can conquer this trauma. He can conquer this evil. So this limbic system part of your brain is where the feeling part of you lives. You feel connected to other people. You feel your emotions, good and bad. You feel joy and you feel pain. And when we look at trauma and healing, this is where we get into the brain to begin healing. But again, that's for a later series. Now, going back to our hand model, over your thumb, four fingers wrap around on top of it. Those four fingers, including the palm of your hand, basically everything on your hand but your thumb is a very big surface area. This is known as your neocortex. It makes up like 80% of the mass of your brain. The organ, the actual cellular structure of your brain is 80% neocortex. And this is your human brain. Your neocortex is responsible for cognitive thought, logic, reasoning, self-awareness, analysis, and planning. It is unique to humans. As we read in the beginning chapters of Genesis, God created life. He created this earth and he created plants and then animals, but it was missing something. And then in his own image, he created man, human man and woman. And the neocortex is part of the uniqueness of your humanness. So it is here to help you have an awareness that you exist, that God exists, and to give you an awareness of how to have a relationship with God and to give you the ability to have a relationship with God. It allows you to know who God is, know who you are, and know who you are in relationship to and with God. Your dog or cat doesn't have that. They have emotions. They have trauma. They are so similar to us in so many ways, and yet they're lacking. And we have moments where we just cock our heads to the side and think, I wonder what they're thinking. They're not thinking. They don't have cognitive thought. 
They do these goofy things because there is no cognitive thought and awareness of who they are. They just exist. Reptiles just survive off instinct. Mammals survive off instinct and relate to others emotionally with memories and trauma included in that. And humans have an additional awareness of all of this. There's no other species with us because only humans are made in the image of God. So your brain has these beautiful three parts. Like your wrist is the brainstem, the reptilian brain. That thumb crossing your palm is your limbic system, your mammalian brain. And then those four fingers wrapping over top your thumb as well as the rest of your palm is that neocortex, 80% of your brain by cellular mass makes you human, allows for cognitive thought and awareness of who you and God are. Now, when you are functioning optimally, as in in the good stress states of no stress or low stress, peace, rest and digest, movement and exercise, excitement, love, joy, all the good fruits of the spirit. Those three parts of your brain are humming along optimally. You are calm. Your brain stem knows you're safe. Your limbic system is feeling good, happy, positive emotions. It is not lost in bad memories or fear or worry over the future. It's just in the present or it's daydreaming of the good possibilities with God in the future or it's reminiscing on beautiful moments with God in the past and an awareness of all of this. Maybe you're analyzing something or rationalizing and thinking through something, planning something with God, serving him in some way. This is all going to be functioning optimally to allow you to show up as a human and to serve and to love as Christ has loved and has asked you to, both worshiping God and serving others in the name of Jesus. And Satan exists. You live in a fallen world, and unfortunately, that means there is pain. There are hard emotions and stress exists. So when you're stressed, these three parts of your brain are going to shift and not all of them are going to even be in function. God wired you, your brain, to survive the evils of this life. And what that means is that he wants to keep you alive and he wants to keep you safe and out of harm's way, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually as well. And so you have these survival instincts built in inside of you, in your brain, like your brainstem, to keep you alive. And when your brain senses danger, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, It is going to shift functions and put you into survival mode, which is fight, flight, or freeze. Or if you're not quite all the way in fight, flight, freeze, the ramping up to 
that I called hypervigilance, known as moderate stress. That on edge, on guard, something's about to happen. This doesn't feel good. That stress all the way into that panic, anxiety, attack, trauma trigger. Those two states, your brain is going to start to shift you into survival mode to protect you, to get you out of Satan's way. What this looks like is that your brain will prioritize your survival above all else. So if you're in the middle of some really great thought and your brain detects danger, that part of your limbic system, your thumb, right, that is scanning for danger or safety, and suddenly it just says, ooh, I don't know about that. And it flips you into survival mode. It sends a signal to your brainstem, which then sends a signal to your nervous system, and it shifts you into fight, flight, freeze. It will do this because if there's actual danger and you're thinking about your future and you're planning for something, but something's about to eat you, your future doesn't matter. doesn't matter what you're going to eat for lunch tomorrow or how you're going to serve Jesus in amazing ways if there's a mountain lion about to eat you right now or if there's a car about to hit you, or if there's someone about to mug you and attack you. So your brain is going to prioritize your survival, meaning your safety, above all else. Your essential survival functions will kick on into high gear, and your non-essential life functions will turn off completely. Your number one is your brainstem, the fight-flight-freeze response. Your number two is your limbic system, memories, danger signals, and trauma. This is because your brain wants to remember what is happening around you so that it can store it as dangerous on that list that we've talked about in the other episodes. You know, I gave an example of this dog biting me while staring at an orange hat, and now I get triggered when I see the color orange or when I see hats or when I see orange hats. It has nothing to do with the dangerous dog bite, but my brain didn't know. And this part of the brain doesn't know. It just categorizes everything just in case. And so the limbic system is going to stay online to record any potential dangers in your surrounding environment, sensory details, sight, smell, sound, taste, touch, or feel. And unfortunately, if you don't have the ability to kind of move through those hard emotions and realize your own safety and get the help you need in that moment, it can all store as trauma, which we will get into next year. So your brainstem, number one, putting you in fight, flight, freeze to keep you alive. Your limbic system, number two, to record all this information to keep you alive in the future should you encounter said mugger car accident mountain lion in the future. But your neocortex, the giant part of your brain, 80% of your brain function that makes you human, made in the image of God, rational thought, awareness of your own existence and God's existence, that beautiful part of your brain turns off completely. When you're in the hypervigilant state, that moderate stress, it's going to start to get a little bit mushy where you can't really think straight. But when you're in fight, flight, or freeze, high stress, 
panic anxiety attack, full-on trauma trigger, PTSD, your neocortex is going offline. This is not even airplane mode. This is powered down. You don't have access to any of it. And there's a divine reason for this. Because God knew that you weren't perfect. And he knew that Satan was going to be messing with you. And he knew that if you were solely responsible for thinking through how to survive, you would get hung up in the thought process and you'd forget to do the action of running away or fighting the danger. You are an incredible lady. And there's not a single human alive on planet Earth who could think their way out of danger, which is why God didn't allow it. If I had to think about how to run away from a mountain lion or react in time to a car or escape a mugger, I'd probably not be alive right now. So God designed your brain this way for a reason, and I just want you to know that. Your neocortex shuts offline when you're in fight, flight, freeze because he didn't want you to have to think through it because that would be so overwhelming and scary. He built into your body a survival system, a survival mechanism that does it for you. So you're on autopilot and you either fight the danger and win or you hightail it out of there and survive. And it is so effective when you're actually in danger and you need that. The problem is when you're in fight, flight, freeze out of stress instead of danger. When you're stressed in that high stress, fight, flight, freeze, anxiety attack, panic attack, trauma trigger, PTSD, your thinking brain is now offline. What this means is that you can't think straight or you can't think at all. You won't have a clue of where you are, what's going on around you, what you're supposed to be doing. You're just panicking. It allows you, unfortunately, to make some very irrational decisions, oftentimes with negative consequences, because the impulses going through you are to survive physical danger, but you're in a situation where there's nothing around you that's dangerous. And so you're trying to get away from something that doesn't exist. And by you, I mean this part of your brain. And so you tend to make irrational decisions and you suddenly lose your keys. You forget your schedule. You agree to do things or provide things or show up at things that you can't show up for or you can't provide. You spend money on things you don't need or even can't afford. And out of this, you end up hurting yourself and hurting those around you, both loved ones and the strangers God's put in front of you. So in your own weakness, in your own brokenness, you're suddenly kind of thrashing around trying to survive something that doesn't exist, like a little bit of a Tasmanian devil hurting those in your vicinity. Oftentimes when you're in fight, flight, freeze, you're going to get angry or scared. Fight puts you in this state of anger to fight and win. And flee, flight, is running away. Fear, get away from this. 
Freeze is a fear where you can't escape. And so when you're angry or scared is oftentimes when you do hurt people in front of you. You scream at your husband or kids. You snap at your boss or your friend who's trying to help you. You avoid everyone and you stop responding to texts or calls. You renege on your responsibilities or your commitments. When you scream or snap at people, you're in that angry fight response. And when you avoid and renege, you're in that avoidance, that running away flight response. Or if you just freeze and you're like, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. You just won't show up to things. And there is a different kind of avoidance in that. So when you're stressed and you're in that high stress fight, flight, freeze, you lose the neocortex, cognitive function, the human part of your brain that brings in rational thinking, brings in logic, brings in awareness. And everyone around you is getting fed up with you because suddenly you're very irrational and you're spastic and you're either avoiding things, you're getting really angry, you're irritable and you're not okay. And you don't understand why everyone around you is mad at you now and thinking that you're hurting them because you're the one hurting because your brain thinks you're in danger. Isn't that wild? Your brain thinks someone is trying to kill you or something and it is reacting But out of that reaction, you're the one causing hurt in other people's lives because you're having these irrational responses that are chaotic. Sometimes they're even dangerous. And out of this comes sin. You hurt the people in front of you and you can't even help it. You know, you didn't choose to react this way. Your brain perceived the world around you as dangerous whether something in your external environment looked dangerous or whether it's a trigger from the trauma, like this orange hat. And now you're triggered and you feel threatened and you don't feel safe and you need help, but you are either fighting the people in front of you trying to help you or you're pushing them away. Or maybe they're mad and they're screaming back at you and they're not happy that you're like this. But even when people do try to help, we hurt them because we're in a fight or flight. And you don't even have an awareness that you're doing it because the part of your brain responsible for awareness is offline. It's such a trap of the devil to have a really scary world in front of us that's too much and sometimes dangerous. And then to have this mess of trauma that is trapped inside of us, triggering us into these states all the time. But here's the thing. Just because I'm triggered and I'm in this state and it's an automatic response of my brain and nervous system and I can't control it. Doesn't mean that I'm not responsible for the sin that comes out of it. And this is a really hard truth to sit with. One of the hardest parts of this journey of healing for me has been acknowledging the sin that came out of my trauma, acknowledging the pain that led to hurting others and acknowledging that just because I didn't have an awareness of it, 
didn't mean I wasn't responsible for it. As Christians, we are called to have an awareness of the darkness in this world, to have an awareness of our own sin and the power of the devil moving in our hearts and our minds and our bodies to sin against God, which not only hurts our relationship with God, but it hurts us and those around us. And unfortunately, this, when you're stressed in this way, is one of the ways that Satan does this because he is a path of least resistance devil. He's not going to do hard work to hurt you. He's going to do very little work when you're weak and vulnerable. So when your thinking brain is offline, when you go into that high stress, fight, flight, freeze, those four fingers, right? That huge part of your brain shuts offline and you can't think straight and you don't have an awareness of anything. With the disappearance of your thinking, your rational thinking, your logic, your cognitive thought, goes your ability to discern what is from God and not from God. There's hope, so don't get too lost in the negative of this, but we need to speak truth to what is happening demonically in these moments. Satan has the ability to move in your mind to give you thoughts and emotions and beliefs that were never yours. And typically, as you build in strength and faith with Christ, you learn to just ignore those. He puts them there and you just don't even pay attention to them. But that's your discerning brain coming out of your neocortex. And when your thinking brain goes offline because you're stressed in high stress, that panic and anxiety attack, that trauma or PTSD trigger, that fight, flight, freeze response shuts off the ability for you to discern. And now you are living out of your mammalian and reptilian brains in survival mode. Predominantly the brainstem, no different than a reptile, just trying to save your own life. And if you ever watch planet earth or you look at animals, I mean, even dogs at a dog park or, you know, any animal in the wild, They are ruthless when they fight and they'll run until they're truly free from what they're afraid of. So when this part of our brain is responsible for our actions, it's easy for Satan to move in us to be ruthless and to fight to the death, to be so terrified we just run away until no one's around us anymore. But when you're a human running away at that capacity hurts you and hurts everyone around you. And it halts the ministry of God and fighting to the death is going to destroy everyone in the process. So losing the cognitive function limits and loses discernment. Stress puts you in this vulnerable position where you simply react out of fear and anger instead of wisdom and truth. And this is the vulnerability Satan uses to slip in with his thoughts, emotions, and beliefs that were never yours to begin with. And through that vulnerability, you can get led easily into sin, which not only hurts you, but also those around you through your sinful behavior in that state of stress. 
fight, flight, or freeze. It's such a hard truth because we can't control our brain. And yet, God, how are we responsible for this? God knew that this was the truth. He knew that it would be impossible, which is why he gave his own life as the sacrifice to atone for your sins so that you don't have to be responsible for them before the Father. When the Father looks down from heaven to earth, he looks through Jesus as a window, as a lens. He's wearing glasses, it's like the glasses of Jesus, and he only sees you through Jesus. And through Jesus, you are spotless, sinless, pure, and holy. Because Jesus is the sacrifice for your sin. But if Jesus isn't in your life, the Father looks down and he sees all the sin, and it is impossible. The Jews in the Old Testament could not be perfect. They could not obey the law, and they could not sacrifice enough, which is why Jesus had to come. It makes the truth of this life hard. But when we honor the truth, it allows us to look up and see how glorious God really truly is. He is so much bigger and greater than we can ever imagine. So honoring this hard truth, sit in the depths with him in this, wrecks us. But it allows us to see his sacrifice and the goodness and the glory and the holiness and perfection in it. And it makes this faith all the more worth it. So, when you're stressed, you're going to sin. I mean, you're a human being. You wake up every day, you're going to sin. It's a part of life. But it's going to happen, especially when you can't think straight. Because when you can't think straight and you are in a state that is designed to simply only react to save your life, you are going to react to fight and win this or to get away without having the rational realization that this is an irrational response of stress. That the person, people, or things in front of you are not hurting you and are not trying to kill you and destroy you. And you are now reacting negatively to them as if they are. And that behavior is going to include sin. So I want to include this beautiful little exercise to help you walk through repentance with a little bit of a psychological exercise mixed in. It's um, very simple, but this is never easy. It's always a hard journey. So when you are stressed and you react to those in front of you in a negative way, that is your sin, which you are responsible for stopping over the course of your life with God. And what this means is that you are responsible for waking up to the fact that the behaviors you've been exhibiting are hurtful and are sinful, and then leaning into God to transform your heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. As Ezekiel 36 says, God wants to put his spirit in you and cleanse you. And that is the journey of coming back to faith is you have this 
surrender to Jesus as God, which seals your fate in eternity with him in heaven. That's your salvation at the end of this life. But he's also called you to repent of your sin, which is to completely let go of it and never do those behaviors again and never think and call them good again. And to let him transform you into a kind, loving, humble woman like him. So let me take a little tangent here. The three most important ways you can do this spiritually are through prayer, worship, and scripture. The more you pray and communicate with God, just talk to him constantly all day, every day, the more you're going to build a relationship with him, which is going to make it easier to start repenting of your sin. Because when you love someone, you usually don't want to hurt them. Worship puts you in humility before God, which gives you this posture of, yep, I'm broken and you are bigger and you can save me from this the pain I'm in and the trauma I'm in and the sin that's coming out of it, that's hurting others, which is then hurting the relationship, which then hurts me. You know, Satan just has a vicious, vicious cycle. When we hurt others, it hurts us and it just comes back to bite us later. And so worship helps us surrender this to God and remind us of his glory, connects us to him so powerfully. And then studying God's word every day, wherever he's leading you, to study it to a place where you know it. So you start to build an understanding of the character of God, the goodness of God, the almighty authority and love of God to provide and protect in a way that keeps you safe and helps remove this heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. And a heart of flesh is a very vulnerable person. But when God does that process, your vulnerability is simultaneously fused with a spiritual strength in Christ where you can get through hard times and you're not buckled to your knees in pain. And if it hurts you, you still are connected to God in this tight relationship where you're not alone and you know he's going to heal you. So you trust. I just had to throw that in there. Prayer, worship, and uh, studying scripture, not just reading scripture, studying scripture is incredible at setting you up spiritually, which will help your mental health journey exponentially. So don't ever forget that. And don't ever stop doing those every single day, all through all three of those every day. And you will notice a tremendous change in your mental health and your stress. So how you can lean into God to repent of sin and how you can take these stress responses that lead to sinful behavior and sit with them and build an awareness with God and yourself of waking up to the truth that your behavior is actually sinful. Because like I said, when you are stressed in that fight, flight, freeze response, your brain is going to be in survival mode, which means it is going to do what it thinks is necessary to save your life. And it will fight to the death, which means it will be convinced that what you're doing is good, even when it's wicked. And Satan is going to put thoughts in and emotions and beliefs that you can't discern and be aware of. And without knowing it, you'll attach to them and just react based on them. And sin will enter deeper. And you will think you're right 
but it's not your thinking brain that thinks it's right. It's your survival brain that's, I know I'm right, you're wrong. And so it's not the neocortex doing the thinking in this moment. It's the brainstem spitting out this you know, conviction that you are right and everyone's out to get you and they're wrong. And it creates this self-righteousness that hurts everyone. So how you can start to become responsible for this in stopping this behavior over time with God is this. We're going to start becoming aware of how your behavior when you're stressed is affecting those around you. When you're triggered, when you're anxious, when you're scared, when you're overwhelmed, when you're in those stressed out states, you're going to start to build an awareness after the stress is over and your neocortex is back online, when your thinking brain is back online, you start to build an awareness of how your behavior is wrong. So after the moment is over where you got triggered and anxious and overwhelmed or scared and your thinking brain comes back online and you're alone with God, begin to notice what actually happened. Talk out loud to God about the sequence of events like the Cliff Notes version. This is not venting to your friends in deep monologues. This is bullet points, cliff notes. Well, he said this, and I said this, and then he pounded his fist on the table, and then I did this, and he did that, you know, whatever it is. And you're going to see, you're going to try to witness and become aware what step in that journey brought up the trigger. What step in that journey created the stress response inside of you? Shifted you out of peace and joy into fight, flight, freeze, anger, fear. It may be an awareness of what was back then. You know, that argument with my husband 20 minutes ago, when he said this, I got livid. Or it could be that as you're retelling this cliff note story to God, as you reach one of those bullet points, you begin to feel the stress response rising up in you again. Likely it'll be both. Because you're not going to say, well, then I got livid. You're going to feel the anger. And then I got so livid. God, I was so mad at him. And you'll be convinced you're right. Just notice. Pray before, during, and after for God to give you strength to not get lost in it and react to it. Deep breathe. Take deep breaths throughout this. When you find that moment where you got triggered and angry or scared and reactive and wanted to get away, you stop. This is going to be the hardest thing for your brain. Your brain is going to want to tell the whole story and get it all out. And it's going to want God to know all the reasons why you're good and why you're right. And you need to lean into the power of God to stop talking in that moment. 
because there's a very, very critical question you need to ask yourself and you're not going to want to ask it because it's really humbling. You need to stop when you notice the stress response happening and ask yourself this. Is it possible that I was wrong? Is it possible that I got triggered? That I overreacted because of that trigger to the situation that was actually at hand? And that my reaction was sinful? Is it possible that what I think was righteous anger with righteous action is actually my stress response lashing out inappropriately, hurtfully, and sinfully at the person or people in front of me in that moment? Wrestle with God on this. You're not asking, was it or was it not? You're going to give your brain, the arrogant thinking part of your brain, you're going to give, the part of your brain is this is your survival response, right? It is going to fight to the death and you are giving your thinking brain a chance to crack the door open and let some light in. Is it possible? Incredibly humbling. The answer is almost always yes. If it's not possible, then you probably were in danger and you did the right thing. But unless you're looking at a situation where you were physically in danger and you were trying to save your own life, which 99.99% of the time when we're doing this exercise, it's because we had an argument with someone and we hurt someone and we weren't in danger. Is it possible that I was wrong? I got triggered, I overreacted, I hurt the people in front of me, and I sinned. This is the gateway to repentance. Humble yourself before God and admit your sin. Give it to God in complete repentance, which is that deep grieving where you finally wake up to the truth that this was wrong It hurt God. It hurt your relationship with God. It hurt other people and probably their relationship with God. And you are so grieved that your heart moves to never want to do it again. And you are disgusted with that behavior. You let him wash you clean. This is where the atoning sacrifice of Jesus The blood of Jesus washes you clean. So when God looks through the lens of Jesus, he sees perfection. And you receive his blessing of forgiveness on your life and in your life. In my own lived experience and what God is speaking to me as I record these episodes, starting with Yom Kippur, the bonus episode on God's holidays back in September, is that When you repent of the sin that came out of the trauma or the trigger with 
the reaction. God will heal the trauma that caused it all in the first place. But he's not going to just heal your trauma without your willingness to repent of the sin. Because you don't deserve this forgiveness. It is a gift given freely to you, but you didn't deserve it. So you got to do a little bit of work. You got to get rid of the arrogance and pride. You got to humble yourself before the Lord and actually surrender it to Jesus out of a deep, deep, authentic repentance. This deep grief where you don't ever want to do that again because you love him and you don't want to hurt him in that way ever again. And when you get humble before God in that way, of course he's going to bless you. Of course he's going to want to heal you of this trauma. And it's probably not going to be the whole trauma, but he'll heal a layer of it. And you will be set free from the bondage of sin. And probably the trauma in your life that led to that sin. Psychologically, I have no idea what traumas he heals when I repent. They could be whatever got triggered in that moment that led to my bad behavior. Or they could be the original trauma in my life where I first adopted the lie of Satan that that behavior was good and right. Probably the the latter, I think. I don't actually know. But what I know is that forcing yourself even in the hard, when you're angry and you're scared and you just want to be right. Forcing yourself to stop and do this hard work with God can lead to so much freedom and healing in your life. And you deserve that. God wants that for you. He's asking that for you. And he is giving you the supernatural strength through the Holy Spirit to move through you in this. So when you're stressed, unfortunately, because of God's design and how Satan understands God's design and is messing with you, you're going to lose cognitive function. You're going to lose the ability to think straight, to discern right from wrong, to discern your thoughts, emotions, and beliefs from Satan's, and to say no to the devil and do the right thing in that moment, which is such good encouragement to always spend your days in prayer, worship, and studying scripture. And when you mess up, and you know when you mess up, you always do. I do. You get humble with God. And you do this exercise and you ask yourself, don't ask God. You have to ask yourself because you have to allow your brain to come to the realization. And that shift is what's going to change your heart. Is it possible that I was wrong? And you pray like heck. Fight like heaven in your prayer life for God to give you the strength to get humble, to repent. Fight like heaven to pray 
for the Spirit to give you the strength to do this and to actually mean it. And He will. He will get you there. And He will get you out of your sin, out of your bad behaviors that are hurting everyone around you and hurting you. And He will lead you to repentance and freedom, which is where healing and wholeness come in. It is such an incredibly beautiful journey. So, when you're struggling with this fight, flight, freeze response, and you know you have stress that's triggered all the time, maybe you know you have trauma, maybe you know you have anxiety and you don't know what's causing it, you can be overwhelmed and terrified by the world around you, This is the stress response, that flight, fight, flight, freeze response that's coming up constantly. The more you heal your trauma or heal the root cause of your anxiety or heal whatever it is that's causing all this stress, the less it's going to flip you into fight, flight, freeze where this bad behavior, this sin and all this stress that you're drowning in comes from. So healing is so crucial at reducing this pain in your life and out of that, reducing the sin that comes from it. And you heal by giving it to God through repentance and hiring a professional mental health practitioner to help you through that. In the show notes down below, you can find a link to practitioner directories. There are dozens of different ways to heal. There's three main ones on my website right now as of this recording that um, I love and I am all for. You can find that there if you're looking for one-on-one help and repentance with Jesus. Repent of the sin, surrender it completely to him and let him wash you clean, healing the root cause of that sin, which came out of trauma and pain in the first place. So mental health is such a big part of this journey. And if you are struggling with stress and you're in sessions with a trauma coach or a therapist, or you're going to be, but you're aware of the fact that that's only one hour a week and you get triggered all the time. This is my story. I want you to know that there's another resource available that I have created just for you. It is called the Christian Stress Release Membership, and it is an on-demand resource full of pre-recorded videos and audios of me guiding mental health techniques that are designed to turn off stress generically on camera so that you have access to real mental health resources 24-7 because where you heal in sessions with a therapist or trauma coach one hour a week at best, there's nothing else helping you the other six days and 23 hours. And to get real mental health help, you have to work one-on-one with someone, which is expensive, and you can't do that all the time. So I pre-recorded myself guiding these stress reduction tools so that you could have real help all the time day or night, anywhere you go, as long as you have an internet connection so that you can be led by a Christian mental health practitioner out of that stress response 
out of that fight, flight, freeze response back into the state of peace, the state of rest and digest so that you can not only rest in peace in your life and thrive in your life with Jesus as he wants for you, And out of that joy, out of that peaceful state, you can serve him abundantly. But you also reduce the access Satan has to you to get you to sin. So it's just such this beautiful abundance state. When you can come back to the state of peace, you can feel good. You can behave good. You can thrive in your life as Jesus wants you to. And so that stress state is there for survival, but you don't need to live in it 24-7. So I provided this membership so that you could truly anytime, anywhere, when you need it, as many times as you need it, have a mental health practitioner on demand to lead you out of that state of stress so that you can come back to peace in your mind and body. There's a link in the show notes below to the membership as well, if you're interested. And I just want you to know That if this was hard, if this is very eye-opening to you and heart-opening in a painful way, because you're realizing that maybe you have a lot of stress, you're not alone in that. And it's hard. It's really hard to wake up to this. And it's really hard to humble yourself before God. But the beautiful thing is that there is freedom out of this. You don't heal without starting to wake up to the truth and have an awareness of what's really happening. And while that journey is scary and it's hard and it hurts, it is the first step in truly journeying with God and letting him heal you supernaturally and with mental health practitioners. And so you are not alone in struggling. You are not alone in hurting You're not alone in being scared. I am right here with you in this. I have lived this. I I am still living this. And yet I'm finding breakthrough in this journey with God. Because not only can mental health heal you, but Jesus can heal you. And he wants to. He is good and faithful and true. And he wants to bring you to repentance and healing and wholeness and wash you clean of all of this. So take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And just remember that I love you and Jesus loves you and the Holy Spirit of Christ that raised him from the dead lives inside of you and there is nothing he can't do so you are never alone and you are never without help which means you never are without hope if you need resources check out the show notes below the membership is available for you anytime you need you can sign up anytime day or night if you want me to guide you through some of these techniques on demand. And there's a practitioner directory if you do need one-on-one help. 
I love you. I am praying for you. I hope this episode brought light and truth, even if it was hard. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked this episode and are looking for some additional resources to help you turn off your stress, including overwhelm, anxiety, panic, and trauma triggers, check out my free mental health video linked in the show notes below. In it, I guide you through one of my favorite mental health techniques for turning off all of that stress in less than five minutes, no matter where you are. Truly, you can turn off your stress in under five minutes in public and no one will ever know. It's that amazing. Download it from the link in the show notes below and let me carry you back to this state of peace in your mind and body. I'm praying for you. I love you. I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care.